three or four more large groups. And we talked about the parables of Jesus. And in it, in the parables, Jesus is telling us something else about the kingdom of God and the nature of the kingdom of God and what God's like. And this is probably the most well-known parable that Jesus ever told. And it's the most popular parable. Um, and there are probably a variety of reasons for that. And most importantly, is because we really need a God like this. And there is no other God, um, no other father, um, no other religion like the God in this uh, story, uh, like the father in this story. It is it's absolutely different than every other religion. Um, every other religion, to some extent, says that if you live a good life and if you do these certain things, then God will accept you. And that's the basis of, of really any religion. <laughs> Uh, you follow this program, you do these things, you um, do right, be a good person, and God will accept you. And Christianity is fundamentally not that. It's something entirely different. Christianity is Jesus saying it over and over and over again. I love you. I rejoice over you. I throw a party for you in your sin as you are as a broken person first. And that changes everything. That's what change is like. Religion says you do these certain things and God will accept you. Christianity says I love you. Now do these things because I love you. That's so different. And if like, you don't remember anything else we say at RUF, uh, that's like the core message. That's a core message you need to hear tonight because you've, if you've been like me, you've gone through this week and you've already blown it a lot. Uh, you've said things that you shouldn't have said and you've messed up and you've thought things you didn't want to think and all these different things. You failed. And so you need to be reminded that God uh, rejoices over you. He loves you. And that, uh, that's what this parable is about. It's really basic. We're going to look at two things. Because this parable is about running from God and how all of us are running from God. Two points. One, there's a picture of running from God and then there's a picture of running to God. Really simple. Running from God, running to God. Uh, before we begin, let me give you uh, sort of a context sort of, that will help maybe make this parable make more sense. Um, I was reading recently about Karl Marx and Martin Heidegger, because that's just what I do. I just read about existentialist philosophers. No, I don't. But there was a guy who was talking about both these people. Karl Marx, the father of communism, Martin Heidegger, existentialist philosopher, and they're very, very different. Very, very different. But there's one thing that they had in common, and it was that humanity lives in a state of alienation. Um, we are alienated. We, um, we're not home. And we, we have this sense of this. Uh, there's actually a German word, a big German word. I got this from a Tim Keller sermon. There's a big German word that I can't pronounce. But, it, but it's a great, it means this. A sense that where we're currently living is not our home. There's a sense that where we're currently living is not our home. And it actually reminds me of my favorite book when I was a little boy. My very favorite book was Are You My Mother? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Are You My Mother? Oh, thank you. God, yes. Awesome. There's this poor little baby bird, and he's, she's flying around, and she goes to like a, a cow and asks the cow, Are You My Mother? And the cow's like, No. And then he flies, like, then she flies to, like, another animal, and I'm not your mother. All these different animals. And then finally goes to, like, a tractor. I'm like, are you my mother? And like, no, you're not my mother. And then finally, the baby bird finds her mother. And I remember just being so, feeling so sorry for that bird when I was a little boy. It just made me so sad and then so happy when the bird found her mother. 
And what Jesus is doing in telling this story, he's looking at all these different people and he's like, you're trying to find your way home. All of you are trying to get back home. And all of your attempts are failing. Jesus is saying, I'm the only way back home. I'm the only way to peace. I'm the only way to joy. I am I'm truly the only way to life. And so he's showing you that God wants to find you. He wants to show grace to you. And so let's walk through this outline together. What does it mean for us to run from God? All of us, humanity, is asking this question. Are you my mother? Are you my father? Are you going to love me? So what does it mean to run from God? So in this parable, we have this son who approaches his father, who's a wealthy landowner, and he says, give me my share of the inheritance. He was a second born son. Give me my share of the inheritance. And so he's asking his father to basically sell all he has. This is the way it worked in that day. To sell all he has and then divide his property, his literally his bios, his life. His property is his, his father's life, his everything, everything he owns. Divide it between me and my I want my share now. And so the father does this. One of the reasons this is so terrible is that the son is treating his father like, I don't care if you're alive or dead. Like normally you get an inheritance like after the parent dies or grandparent dies. That's when normally you get an inheritance, right? But he's saying like, I want my inheritance now. So not only is he selfish, he also is looking at his dad and basically saying, I don't care. If, like, you know what? If you're alive or dead, I don't care. All I care about is your money. All I care about is your stuff. So his father does it. His father gives him the share of his inheritance his, his, his entire life gives his life to his son. His son takes it from him. And what would have been going on in, the, in, the, in, a, in a traditional society, an ancient Near Eastern traditional society, family was literally everything. Family was your identity. Like we're individualistic. They, their family was everything. And so the idea that you would have a son like that would have been the most shameful thing. It would have been so outrageous that you would have a son in your family that would treat you and disrespect you like this. That in the minds of the people that were listening, this would have thought to themselves, this is a nightmare. Like starting to get angry. Like this is the worst. This is a monster. This, son, this is the worst kind of son that a father could have. So we building this. Like the son, I know maybe you've heard this story before. He's not a hero to the, to the people listening. He's bad. Like he's really, really bad. Like what he's doing is unthinkable. He's treating his father like he's dead. He's treating his father with absolute disregard and everything that his father owns. And he's basically spitting on his family name. And so he takes all of this inheritance and the text tells us that he takes it and he goes to Vegas. Well, literally, it's like if you went to like Vegas and LA at the same time, like think about like the worst thing, the far country, right? The f- out there, the far country, which they would have assumed just was the Gentile country. He left Israel. He left like the chosen people. He left everything, took all of his father's inheritance and his family name and just rubbed his feet on it and runs to the far country, runs to the crazy city where all the Gentiles are. And, and here's the thing. He's leaving his religion. He's, he's, he is leaving God. 
He's leaving all the promises of God. He is, he's, he's getting rid of everything that, that, everything that it was it, part of his life, his tradition, his heritage, everything. And he goes and it says he spends it on prostitutes and reckless living. So he takes everything that his father had worked for, his entire inheritance, takes it and literally parties his brains out. But we don't know how long. That's all he does with it. And so the listeners would begin to go like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is the devil. <laughs> this is like the worst person ever. So he spends all the money. He wastes it all. Maybe like two years, three years. We don't know. He's out in the far country. He wastes every single bit of it. Every, every dime of it. And so he then hires himself, still in the far country, to a Gentile to go feed pigs. Pigs were the filthy animals of the Gentiles. Israelites didn't raise pigs. They didn't eat pigs. They didn't look at pigs. You knew that pig equals Gentile. Pig equals other. Pig equals bad. Okay? And so here is this guy. He has taken all of his father's money, his father's name. He's completely trashed it. He spends it all on prostitutes and partying and drugs, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole thing like that. All of it. Overnight, basically. And then loses it all. And now he's working, feeding filthy pigs. And here's how low it gets. He doesn't have any food. And so he looks at the pig food with pig slobber on it and he thinks I wish I could eat that do you know what Jesus is doing here he's this is the this is the saddest most pathetic most wretched person on the face of the earth he's lower than a pig pigs are eating better than him and so everyone's going here's the point there's no way there's no way that this guy is going to hell like <laughs> Like, that's the mind. That's the worst case scenario. There's no way. And when Jesus tells the story, he's looking at all of us and he's saying, like, that's what all of you have done to my God, my Father. That's what all of you have done. You've all run into the far country. Humanity itself. This would have echoes of the Old Testament. I want you to listen to this. Echoes of the Old Testament about Jacob, the deceiver, going off and running away because of his deceit. And ultimately, all the way back to Adam, Jesus is actually... The, the story is, has like this feeling of this is what Adam did. This is what the first father did. The first, our first parent, the first human being, right out of the gate, left God, went to his own way, and before you knew it, he was he was hiding himself in fig leaves, and his first children committed they, they committed murder. This is what humanity has done. And so you hear a story like this, and you're going like, man, I listen to a story like this, and I'm going like, well, I'm glad I'm not like this guy. This guy's a real loser. But it's only when you and I realize that we are just as wretched that we can begin to appreciate how much the Father loves this Son. So which goes to the second thing, because this, the turnaround in this story is outrageous. The first thing is running from God, and the question I ask you is, like, yeah, 
you're not running like this, but where have you literally run? Where are you running from God? What are your like? What are your secrets? Where are those places in your life that are like, if anyone really knew about how gross this is, and anyone knew about how shameful this is, where are those places where you're like times when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I can't believe I did this, I can't believe I thought this, and I can't believe I felt this, and those moments that you have felt like this person and you felt lower than a pig. Which takes us to our second point. This guy decides to go home. <laughs> it's like almost supposed to be like, nope, can't do that. That's a bad idea. Do you know there's actually a Hebrew word called kizaza? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Kizaza. Which was a, in the first century, in the ancient world, it was actually a ceremony where a father who had been disrespected publicly, openly carried out wrath and vengeance upon his son that has disrespected and shamed his family name. There's actually, in other words, when this son decides to go home, he is expecting to be kazazad. Okay? <laughs> like, that's the only thing that he could have expected is surely, like, I'm going to experience God's, like, my dad's wrath, God's wrath, my family's wrath, and they're going to stone me to death. But here's what he does. Here's what he does. He thinks to himself, as he's looking at the pig food, and he realizes he's lower than a pig, he said, you know, even my father's hired servants eat better than this. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go home, and this is what I'm going to say to my father. He's rehearsing it. And some of y'all have ever done this? Like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try harder. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try harder. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell my dad, like, I'm, I've screwed up so bad. I'm so messed up. Like, look, don't even make me like one of your sons. Just make me like one of your hired servants. That's cool. Like, just put me, like, over, like, in a single room, uh, parking lot view. Uh, like, I'll just, like, whatever. I'll just, like, just like, let, me, let me come back home and eat, like, regular food. If just make me like that. I'm going to try harder. He says this. I'm going to, like, I'm going to do a better job. I'm going to try harder. And then he thinks to himself, like, don't even call me a son anymore. So he comes to his senses and he realizes like, I have sinned too much. Like, I am beyond help. Like, have you ever thought to yourself, like, maybe this year, maybe this semester, and God, I pray that you have. Like, maybe this semester you thought to yourself, like, this is like the time I've gone too far. I've gone too far. Like, I've done too much. I've, I've, I've sinned too much. Like, I've made too many promises to God. And, and I've gone too far. And that maybe, maybe if like, maybe if I just like, if, if I just, maybe if I just try harder, God will accept me again. And this is y'all, this is why I recommitted my life every single summer. Like, over and over again. Like, maybe this summer I'll do better, be a better Christian. Every year at camp, I was like, I'm going to try to do better. Like, this is what I did. Every year I'm going to try harder. I mean, every year I'm going to try harder. 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 And so he goes home, and here's what happened. This is the shock. His father makes a fool of himself. (laughs) This father that Jesus is describing is like, unlike any other father. Here's his son with pig all over him, in rags, 
after wasting every single bit of his money impoverishing his father and treating his father like he's better off dead doesn't matter he comes home and you, know, you begin to think he says his father sees him out the streets a long way off which makes you think like is the father looking for him like is, he, is it like every day does he like look out and think like maybe one day my son will come home this son the worst son ever like is he going to come home and he like he says it a long way off and then he sees his son this loser son who's supposed to experience kazaza from him right the one who's supposed to if he's supposed to be right if he's going to like regain his family name and his stature and his honor that he's going to take out his wrath on his son he sees him from a long way off from like way off and here's what his father does he doesn't think like, well, I'm going to wait here. I'm going to be passive aggressive and, and wait till he comes in. I'm going to get his mom to say, your father's in the living room if you want to talk to him. Right? This man who would have been like a noble man, who had been a wealthy man, would have worn like long flowing robes. And so rich, powerful men in that day never ran. You never see them. They, ne- they didn't run. That would have been very below them to like show that to the. They walked, they rode war horses, they were like in chariots. But this father that Jesus is describing, that God is like, doesn't wait for his pig, filthy son, selfish son, to come to him. He pulls up his robe. He'd have to pull up his garments in order to run. That is, he runs to his son. Don't you imagine the son here with all his filth and all of his sin and he runs to his son and he says he hugs him and literally it says he throws himself on his son. Throws himself and kisses his neck before his son says anything. Like he knows exactly what his son has done. He knows his, he knows exactly he knows exactly how filthy he is. And he runs to him and he throws himself on the, on his son and kisses him and, and rejoices over him. And his son, here's what happens. He begins his son begins to rehearse, Father. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth, and I've sinned against you. But I want you to notice something. He never gets to say the part, make me like one of your hired hands. And you know why? The Father won't have it. He won't have it. Because He's His Son. And as Sinclair Ferguson, one of my favorite preachers, said it's in Scottish accent, I don't know, I wish I could have a seat from Scotland. He says, he looks at him and he just says, we'll have none of that, son. Don't tell me about you being a hired servant. You're my son. And he puts a robe on his clothes. And so here's the thing. When he puts a robe on him, he says he comes and he covers, what does he do? He covers his nakedness. He covers all his shame. He covers all his filth. He got, the father covers him. And he says he puts new shoes on his feet because slaves were barefoot in that day, but not sons. And he puts a ring on his finger. You know what the ring would have been? family name back. The son had obviously hawked the ring. The family ring that which families had. He said, put a ring on his finger. In other words, here's what he's saying is, you're automatically back in my family. You were dead. And now you're alive. Now here, 
That's an amazing story. That's an outrageous story. That's a, have, that's a, scan, that's a scandalous story. It's scandalous. That's what grace is. Grace is, you deserve punishment. I deserve punishment. God gives us a party. And so you say like, Vanderbilt student, like you study hard, you get a good grade, right? You work hard, you make money. Like, that's not fair. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. Great. It's free. The the freeness of it actually takes away all your control. Like, the, the absolute outrageous fact that the God that we come to when we just come to him on our in, in, the, in the midst of our real struggles and our real secrets and our real filth that we can't clean up we can't fix what's wrong with us and we just simply run home and collapse upon God we just collapse upon him and just like here I am and he just showers us in his grace and throws a party throws a party for us this he'd already, think about this y'all he'd already taken all his money he's gonna throw a party too we'll get to the older brother because this really ticks the older brother off. We're next week. Stay tuned. But he throws a party for us. It's free. I want to close with this illustration. Because I just want to let it ring out there for y'all. It's free. But it was not cheap. God's grace. The party that God throws and will throw for you. It's totally free. It has to be totally free. You don't bring one thing to it except your sin, except your filth, except all your secrets, except all your stuff, except all the mistakes that you made over and over and over and over again. And then God meets you there. You throw yourself upon Him. He has grace on you. It's absolutely free, but it was not cheap. In fact, it cost Jesus everything. Jesus received Kazaza. You didn't. And it's made me think about like going to these Memphis. I do these Memphis. I would go to these weddings in Memphis, East Memphis. All these big weddings. They were so nice. And I went to a wedding one time. I did a wedding one time. I was pastor wore a black robe. It's really really fancy. Um, but I went to this. I went to a reception one time, and it was uh, at a really nice country club. That like, it's just it was ridiculous. We were in a really nice country club, and. And it was the most amazing throwdown reception I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to some serious throwdown reception. It was so on. The band was like playing more than just cool in the gang to celebrate, right? It was like actually a really good band that meant a really, really expensive band. And the food there was so good. Like I got full at the and the drinks, the beverages, if you're of age, were very delightful. And there were there were there was it was and here's the thing. There were mountains of crab, like a mountain of crab meat. Like, I just like stuffed my face with crab and like shrimp. And they had just bacon sitting around. Just bacon. I don't even know what to do with that. Like, honey maple bacon just sitting there on the table, right? And I was thinking to myself, this is the, this was the most amazing thing. It was totally free, 100% free for me. Not for the father of the bride. Like that dude, I'm not kidding. I think like he laid down, I think it was like 200,000, 250. Straight up dollar bills, folks. 
but like everybody else is like, here's a point, here's a point. Everyone's dancing, everyone's eating, it's absolutely free, it cost him an arm and a leg. You know, that is Christianity. It is absolutely free, and the wedding supper of the Lamb will be absolutely free, and it will be a time of absolute rejoicing, and it costs God everything for us to be there. It cost Him the blood of His own Son for us to be there. So what? Are you still scared of God? Are you still trying to clean up? Are you still trying to get your life together for God? Are you trying to like stop sinning so that God would accept you? In this parable, Jesus is what he's saying is like, come home. Like, stop, just come home in your rags. Like, just run straight to me. And I'll throw myself upon you and love you and rejoice over you. And is that message, y'all, is that message that'll melt your heart and will create real worship, that'll free you from your grades, that'll free you from the approval of your friends and your, even your parents. It is that message and that joy and that hope that we become a joyful people full of laughter. That we have a God that is scandalous about us. So what are you, why are you staying? Let me ask you this question. Why are you staying with the pigs? When you have a feast at home, for free.